In terms of PCI, what's the QSA's perspective? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group, and we're getting the unique perspective on PCI today from Peter Spear, Senior Risk Management Consultant with Fortrix Technologies. Peter, thanks so much for joining me. Glad to be here, Tom. Thank you for having me. Now, you've just written a guest blog for us about this topic, but maybe now you can take just a minute to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, I'd be glad to. Uh, I was a graduate of Syracuse University's uh, School of Information Studies, and I am president of the ISACA Western New York chapter. I'm, uh, as you mentioned, uh, currently a senior risk management consultant with Fortress Technologies and the QSA. So I you uh, quite a bit of living and breathing PCI. Well, that's great. Now, as I mentioned up top, you've just written a guest blog on the topic. What would you say is the key point you wanted to get across in this piece you wrote? I think that's a very good question. I think that, you know, one of the things that is often confused about PCI um, post Heartland and uh, Hanford and TGX and all this is that, uh, you know, perhaps this uh, is reflective of a uh, Weakness or deficiency in the PCI DSS standard or in uh, the QSA validation practices. And I, I felt that it was an important point to mention that there may be shared responsibility all around, but uh, I don't believe it to be an uh, inherent weakness to the PCI standard itself. Well, you make a good point because, particularly since the Heartland case, there's been a lot of talk about what is PCI compliance, what's the role of the QSA. You know, can I be compliant and still be breached? Given all this discussion, what do you find to be most misunderstood by people when they're talking about this? I think that you know people often forget that the act of uh, doing a report on compliance and the on-site assessment itself is a point in time, and it's beginning to look at a, a sample of systems and processes. Uh, with the sampling methodology, uh, QSA is intending to utilize the standards and the requirements to interpret compliance. However, it really is the responsibility of the merchant and the service provider to maintain their compliance on all of their systems uh, all of the time throughout the year. So really, when we come back in the subsequent year to do an assessment, there shouldn't really be a large amount of effort to get ready for the assessment. Instead, uh, that compliance should have been maintained. Now, as you know, there's been an awful lot of talk about the QSA's role as well and some criticism in the conversation. What do you find, as a QSA, is most misunderstood about what you do? I think that, uh, you know, it may be something, at least in press, uh, that is easily interpreted as uh, the QSA being um, somewhat... uh, either a, a part of the PCI Council or influential over the standards themselves. I like to think of my role as QSA as in being the uh, the advocate for compliance um, for our service providers and merchants that we're assessing. Uh, I believe that, you know, we very much, you know, want to see them achieve their compliance. However, it needs to be within that baseline standard of the PCI DSS requirements. Certainly, they need to um, be able to exhibit and demonstrate that compliance uh, 100%. And as you know, with PCI DSS, there is no pass. There is no partial pass. <laughs> it's uh, it's really a pass or fail. You're 100% or you're zero. 
So, um, you know, I believe that, you know, it can be commonly misunderstood that, you know, we're going to say that there are things that are good enough or that uh, certain requirements are less important than others. And I believe that not to be the case. Now, as you know, this is a big year for PCI DSS. The, the Council has taken in some, some input, and we're likely to see an amended version by year's end. From your perspective, what really needs to happen to enhance both PCI compliance and awareness? I believe that the Council has actually been doing some excellent inroads in that area uh, by engaging Price Waterhouse uh, to help them with their uh, technology examination, looking at the, some of the different trends that are out there, including some of the up-and-coming things and areas concerned, including end-to-end encryption, uh, tokenization, and uh, even virtualization. Um, and trying to establish more community among the merchants and the service providers so that even through the community meetings, their, their shared concerns can be heard. Um, through some of the uh, recent uh, merchant training programs uh, for, you know, even if they're not going to perform the assessment themselves internally, to be able to better facilitate communication with the QSAs. All these things, I think, are very much helping uh, the people who need to achieve compliance and are actually doing so. Uh, however, it seems to me that to be able to maybe broaden the word, Unfortunately, like many information security-driven things, um, when it hits you in the pocketbook, it grabs the most attention. And we've seen a lot of that coming out of, you know, Heartland and all this, where you start to see the numbers that are coming out for settlement. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of the merchant violations um, don't ever come out. And I think that that would be something that you've seen right now. Even if you go to Research Hannaford, uh, you don't see the settlements that they may have made. Um, in the same sort of press. Uh, it's just not something that's publicly reported. It's dealt with the company and their acquirer and the card brands themselves in most cases. Uh, the, you know, we're fortunate to get a bit of an insight into you know, how that process works, kind of stemming out of you know, some of the larger things, Heartland TJX, where we see that occurring from a service provider perspective and how expensive it really is. And even then, we're really not learning much about some of the increased transaction charges that can occur, and um, some of the other things that maybe happened on a smaller incremental basis. You know, we see the whopping number, but how we exactly we got there, uh, I think, has some real gravity to it. And as companies start to get a handle on that, perhaps the, well, it hasn't happened to me yet, uh, may dissipate. I know that I've heard even recently of some companies' PCI strategies being, well, we'll wait until the acquirer comes knocking. And uh, I certainly don't recommend that. Well, you, you give me a good segue to my final question, Peter, which is what advice would you give to organizations now that want to maximize their compliance and, and, and get the pass ratings? I think that, you know, there's a couple of strategies that companies can do, and some of it depends on their familiarity with the standard and with their uh, familiarity with compliance programs. So uh, I think, you know, without a lot of experience in that area, area, I encourage companies to do gap analysis or uh, subject matter expert consulting in advance of the compliance effort to help prepare them. Um, however, you know, if they feel that, you know, they're more mature in those areas, they have internal audit programs, they have people who are 
you know, very familiar with compliance, there, you know, and perhaps even, you know, I've seen companies who brought in the former QSA, although you know, sometimes that's, you know, not always the best, uh, depending on, you know, whether they've been through the assurance program or not. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that some of the things that we can do besides gap analysis and SME consulting is to work with the QSA uh, to ensure that pre-assessment, they've taken the time to uh, modularize and, and to plan their milestones out. It really comes back to, you know, project management. You know, in this case, you know, it's a program. Uh, but being able to understand, you know, exactly how you can break it down into smaller, more reasonable, and easily managed components, and to be able to measure those components for success, uh, both in advance and preparation, and then the on-site itself. If you can manage that full life cycle through the compliance audit, I think you'll stand a better chance to come out with uh, less homework and um, more likely uh, ability to achieve that compliance and hopefully to maintain your compliance throughout the year as well. Very good, Peter. We've heard an awful lot about QSAs. It's good now to hear from one. I appreciate your time and your insight and for writing the guest blog that you did. Well, thank you, Tom. I'm glad to be a part, and I do hope that... uh, your readers um, gain something from it. We've been talking about PCI compliance. We've been talking with Peter Spear with Fortrex Technologies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.